what's happened. Got a shower and my nose fell out. Let's have a look. I was booing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Poo was coming out of every hole in my body, <laughs> like liquid. Well, three times well, it's totally clean. This course is running, I'm on my way. So I kicked cancer's ass in the last three weeks. I barely knocked it over. Hi, I'm Becky. Thanks for tuning in and listening to After, a podcast about looking, learning, and living life after. You join me today for episode two. So the last time you heard from me in the first episode, it was the second anniversary of Chris's death. Today, I just wanted to take some time to talk about the anniversary. It seems like a strange thing to celebrate, but celebrate is something that we definitely do on that day. We've experienced two now, and I want to just tell you how we've approached them, what we did, how we decided what we were going to do, um, and the differences we've found between the two years. And just how we've been feeling, how I've been feeling and how the kids have coped in the lead up to and after the actual day and how we're feeling now. I am very aware that um, people approach these days and anniversaries and significant dates very differently. And this, the way I do things and the way we do things definitely isn't for everybody. This isn't me saying this is a must do for you to be able to cope um, or the best thing for everyone. I hope that by taking some time to explain what we do, it might help someone who's at a loss and who really wants to celebrate but doesn't know if it's the right thing to do. Because really in these situations, there is no right or wrong. It's just going with your gut, going with what you feel is the best thing for you and your family. Everybody's grief is different and people deal with their grief in very different ways. It's really what's best for the person going through it. And like I said, I know that my approach isn't for everybody. And I'm really not actually sure if I would approach anniversaries or significant dates differently if the kids weren't around and if I didn't have the kids and I was by myself. And if I was by myself, if I'd want it to be a more solitary day. It's not a solitary day, but I think having Lily and Sam around and their influence on the day really does have an impact on what we do. And always with these things in the front of my mind, I'm always thinking, what would Chris do? What would he think? What would he like? And I know that sounds quite strange, um, but then quite a lot of my decisions recently have been based on whether I think he'll haunt me or not. So um, I'm always very much like, will he enjoy it? Or even afterwards, did he, do you think he'd have enjoyed that? Do you think he'd have liked to be there? So I think that that's a true how we go about it is to do things that I know that Chris would really really enjoy and I know what Chris would enjoy I'm very aware he was really social he wanted to be surrounded by people a lot of the time there was always for celebrations there's always a drink or two involved and things like that um so I do keep that in mind I always involve Lily and Sam in deciding the final plans. I always start with a loose plan, but I don't decide anything firmly until I've asked them. Lily more than Sam, because Lily, um, Sam will go along with anything. He loves to be surrounded by people. But in these situations, Lily really likes to be surrounded by people that knew knew Chris, knew her daddy, um, and people that miss him. Last year, the first anniversary, I was 
absolutely dreading the whole thing. It just made me feel completely sick to my stomach, the lead up. It churned up both years, actually, churned up so many memories of the lead up and um, things that happened beforehand and makes you question things that you did and, I don't know, decisions that you made in the lead up to it because we weren't expecting it to happen at the time it happened. Um, Last year, we spent quite a lot of time, quite a lot of evenings at the local park. I found at the time, I still find now, actually, it's really helpful for us to be outside for our for my mental health especially, but I think the kids just need a run-off sometimes. Um, And we'd had lots of lovely weather last year, if you remember. So as a treat, we would go down to the park and I'd take a chippy tea. And sometimes we'd just take drinks or ice cream or a bit of cake or donuts or something like that um, and go and eat it in the tea. So we'd have our chippy tea down at the park quite a lot of evenings because it was lovely weather. So for Chris's anniversary, Lily wanted to have chippy tea at the park. Um, Believe it or not, it's not something we ever did with Chris. It's something I started doing to get out of the house after Chris died. I'd started doing it with the kids. Um, and I really thought it was quite nice that she thinks of it as a thing that we do as a family. And like I said, Lily likes to be surrounded by lots of friends and family for birthdays and anniversaries. So she asked me to invite some of our friends and family. I told them what we would be doing. And they all, t- and they all turned up too for Chippy Tea at the Beacon. And it was a really lovely, lovely evening. The weather was nice. The kids all played together. I took my big bubble machine that the kids had bought me for my birthday. And I got some coloured smoke bombs. So we set off and had the kids dance in the colour and things like that. And we stayed until dusk and watched a bit of the sunset. Then my mum and dad and Chris's mum and some friends came back to ours for cake. And it was just a really nice, really lovely, calm night. Felt really like a really special night. It's like the celebration of his first anniversary. Just felt like we'd really done it right for him. So Lily wanted to do the same thing this year. But this year, if you've not noticed, the weather has been absolutely awful. I don't think it stopped raining in about three months. So a couple of weeks before, I said to her, I'd asked her what she wanted to do and she said chippy tea at the beacon. And I'd asked her to say, but I think it's going to rain because I looked at the forecast and it just was just constant rain. And I thought it's just not going to be as nice as it was last year if we're like cuddled under a brolly. So she, I said to her, you're going to have to come up with another idea. And she came back to me and said, could I ask the local rugby club that Chris played for, All St. James's? They've got a clubhouse and an outside area that's undercover. And, and in her words, her quote was, he really liked it there. And I was like, I know, <laughs> he spent loads of his time there. Um, so I asked them, I wasn't expecting any anything apart from them to open the gates to us so we could get undercover. That's all I needed, really, because it was just more about us be, being able to shelter from the rain. But they were absolutely brilliant, and they opened the clubhouse for us and the bar and the kitchen so we, people could buy hot or cold drinks, and they were just fantastic, really accommodating. So we were able to take our chippy tea to, the, to Chris's rugby club. So I text our friends and family again to tell them what we would be doing and where we would be. And there was quite a few people from the club this year, so extra people. And I thought that was just really nice that they would come. I don't really like to do the invite thing, so send out specific invites. I just like to let people know what we're doing and where we're going to be. And if you want to join us, that's fine. Because it's really, I know it's not for everybody. I know that some people would be like, she can't do this big celebration and some people want to reflect by themselves or find it too emotional or feel can't make it I don't want people to feel like they have to come if they want to 
come, that's absolutely fine, but it's not necessary. I, I don't need you to be there. If you want to reflect differently or remember Chris in a different way or at home or I don't know, there was people on holiday, remember him on holiday, having a drink or whatever, then that's fine too. It's not for everybody. And I don't want to put the pressure on people if they don't like that sort of thing, that they have to be there because they don't, they don't have to be there. But if you want to come, that's absolutely fine. So it was lovely. There was more people there than last year. And it was just really nice for everybody to get together. And I had my bubble machine again and the kids were all playing outside and it was raining and it was darker than last year because of the horrible weather. No smoke bombs this year because, well, I'd forgot. I'd forgot. I'm always very late to organise things and I'd left it too late to organise smoke bombs this year, although I wish I had. Although, actually, the weather was so bad, you wouldn't have been able to see it. It was just, (laughs) did it just look grey in the rain? Lily, of course, insisted on cake again, chocolate cake, um, for this year's anniversary. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm never, I'm always up for an occasion to have some cake. So a couple of friends came back um, for a slice of cake as well. And we had, we didn't eat it all because it was quite a big cake that she had um, picked up in Asda. It was humongous. I think she was trying to feed everybody. Another anniversary tradition that we have um, or that I have is to fill my living room with balloons it's becoming a bit of a thing now I've always had a thing for balloons but this is the biggest balloon thing that I do all year and the balloons all stemmed from something that happened in 2017 a week or so before Chris died I won a blogging award um, and my friend Sean had picked it up I did. I couldn't go to the award ceremony in London and I was planning to, and I had train tickets and things booked, but Chris was in hospital, and it really just, although he insisted that I go, it just didn't really feel right. I didn't feel that I should go, so I stayed at home. So yeah, I won this blogging award uh, in, from the Inspire category, and on the 6th of October, two of my friends, Lisa and Sean, Sean who'd b- picked up the award, and Lisa, um, I be- met both of them through blogging, popped around to bring me my award. And they'd got together with a, a few other bloggers that I know. And on that then they bought us a care package. Like it was it was beautiful. There was like sweets, a movie night in there. Like a movie it's not a movie night in there. There's there was stuff for a movie night. So crisp, chocolate, colours for the colouring stuff for the kids, a film and stuff like that. And they bought I think we had lunch, I can't I can't quite remember. We might have had lunch or something. Bought round in my in my house. Um and then there was a knock on the door and and a few of my blogging friends had got together and basically <laughs> they'd paid to fill my living room with balloons. And it, I know that sounds a bit random, but I'd put something on Facebook a couple of weeks before because I'd wanted to do it because I was at the time I was celebrate everything, celebrate everything, celebrate everything, make memories, do things that we would not normally do. And a couple of weeks before I mentioned it on Facebook about needing a celebration, because Chris was like, we are not filling the living room with balloons for no reason. I needed a reason. So I'd asked, does anyone know of a reason? And they decided that the reason would be that I'd won the blogging award. So my living room was filled, I think there was 102 balloons, 102 helium filled balloons. And it was just amazing in it was brilliant and Chris was here Chris had been discharged from hospital at that time so he was at home and it was just a brilliant day such a good day such 
we just laughed so much and it was so joyful to have these balloons in my living room and I have so many happy memories of that day and Chris even admitted at the time he liked it too and um, it was just brilliant we just I don't know, I remember sitting them, <laughs> sitting in them in the balloons and Chris said are you really just sat in the balloons I was like yeah it's so joyful it's it was just so calming and the kids absolutely loved it when they got in and they couldn't believe that someone had done this for us had filled our living room with balloons and it was just it was so happy there was just no foretelling what was going to happen like less than a week later we were having such a good day and such a laugh about these balloons and it had just made the day so happy and these balloons, I remember them still being there on the 10th when I came home in the morning. And I mean, some of them were a bit, they weren't all in the air anymore. They were a bit deflated, how I, how I was feeling, to be honest. But they were all still knocking around the living room. And I, I remember, like, I don't remember a lot of the day or what happened or who came or who spoke or who I spoke to or what I said. Or I remember certain parts of it. And one of the things I remember is saying to my dad when my dad got here, you're going to have to get rid of those balloons because... Who, who in the right mind is going to come round and think, what on earth is this woman doing with all these balloons in the house? So he got the kids to chase round with a cocktail stick and pop them all and put them in the bin. And I remember it being such a good day and then just, like, it just brought us so much joy. So that's why I keep doing it now. So because it's such a good, happy memory that we've had, I've done it on both anniversaries. So first anniversary and second. Actually, we had balloons at Chris's funeral. Um, it's like I said, it's a bit of um a bit of a balloon balloon fiend. I love balloons, so we had balloons at Chris's funeral, big bunches of balloons. It just brings the kids so much joy too, and I do I do really want his anniversary to not be something that we dread, not be something that we feel sick about. I want it to be a real celebration of his life and remembering happy and good times. And although the time of year brings back so many memories and it gives me a headache there's so many memories and so many thoughts that go through my head in the week or so leading up to it like things I said or did or things I could have done or couldn't do nothing I can change I know that so it's it's daft it's not daft I can't help them but I'm trying to control them but yeah I, I, I don't want to dread his anniversary I want it to be a time where people can get together and it can be happy almost Sounds strange that, doesn't it? But I don't want to have the sick feeling in my stomach. So if balloons is going to make us feel a bit happier and cake is going to make us feel a bit happier, I'm I'm going with it for the time being. So both anniversaries have been really similar. Just the venue and the amount of people have changed and it's kind of grown. And it'll be a similar thing next year. I already know that. We will probably have our chippy tea (laughs) somewhere and hopefully we'll, we'll still be surrounded by our friends and family. And that makes the day much more bearable. I always find the lead up to the actual day much worse than the actual day itself. And that's that's for birthdays as well. And I might talk about birthdays or other occasions at another time. But the run up to it, the lead up to it, is always actually worse than the actual day. I never actually mind the day. I never, yeah, I never actually mind the day itself. But like I said before, there's so many memories and thoughts that swim through my head in the fir- in the few weeks before when I kind of relive those last few weeks and I find grief can often be a physical pain I carry tension all across my shoulders and my back and oh it's, it really hurts and I'm forever trying to I don't know loosen my back up or feel less tense in my shoulders 
the first year, I had absolutely no idea why that I was getting this pain in my back. I was like, oh, why do I, I must have caught it in bed? I'm really hurt. I don't know what I've done. And now I'm like start starting to realise it because the pain just went away straight after his anniversary. So I was like, all right, okay, it's a physical manifestation of my grief. So I understand that now. So I can't, I'm kind of aware of it, but it still doesn't stop it hurting. I'm always a little grumpier than usual. I try my best not to be because it's not fair on the kids if I'm snappy. I'm recognize again, I'm recognizing the signs now. I'm doing things to try and not be as grumpy, counting to 10 in my head when the kids are doing something that I would probably have a bit more patience with usually. And it's just about, for me, recognising why I am doing these things and doing not, not trying to stop them completely because that would be like pushing feelings down and ignoring things that I need to deal with, but just trying to work, of, work on and find more ways to cope. With the kids, I notice little things with both of them. Um, Lily especially, um, in the lead up about a week or so before, she asked if she could wear one of Chris's t-shirts to bed and she does do that on occasion, it's not an unusual thing but I do know, I see it and I recognise that now as a sign that something is bothering her or playing on her mind and the only t-shirt, well it's not the only t-shirt, it's a t-shirt that she uses to wear is his Sons of Anarchy t-shirt, I mean he used to wear it to hospital all the time um, and so she'll wear that to bed and I, th- I always think it's dead cute seeing her in it. Um, in these Black Sons of Anarchy t-shirt. She also started to struggle to get to sleep at night. When, again, when things are bothering her, she does get like that. I think that's with all kids, but it's one of the things that she can't sleep. And uh, this is not a new thing. So this is something that we've been dealing with over the last two years. And we do have some techniques for trying to help to help her with that. This year we tried something new. We asked the Alexa to play music to help us sleep and then put it on a timer. That was a new thing that we tried this year because sometimes I think she knew like one of the things that we do is reading. So she takes some time out to read um, at night on top of any other reading that she's done. And she's also started knitting at school. So she started knitting at night as well. But the music was a new thing. Again, this is something that she suffers with when she's anxious or bothered about things. This year, I also noticed little things with Sam in the lead up to Chris's anniversary. And it could be because we're talking about it. He's very different to Lily in, in the way his grief is. He's very black and white. And I'm pretty sure it's down to an age thing and how he deals with things emotionally. He's at, I mean, he asked some questions this year, which at the, at the time were a bit out of the blue. But he really must have been thinking about things and playing on his mind. I mean, you know Chris has cancer. I don't hide that from him. And he knows he was poorly. And he knows he had... That's why he died. He died because he had cancer. And he also knew that he had one leg. That was an obvious thing. He remembers him having one leg. He remembers him being in a wheelchair. So that's not unknown. But this year he asked me why why Chris had only had one leg. And I was, I was like, oh, and it was out of the blue. I was driving him to breakfast club to school and he was in the car and he was like, mommy, why did daddy only have one leg? And I was like, oh, I don't think I've actually, I've probably never explained it, <laughs> you know, never, never had to explain it to him. He was so young when Chris had his leg amputated. It wasn't something we explicitly said, other than the tumour and which is something we went into more detail with Lily. And he's never put two and two together. He just... He knew he'd had his had a leg and then he didn't have a leg and he knew he had cancer and he knew he died, but he'd never put all those things together. He'd never realised why Chris's leg had actually been amputated. So I just explained to him 
or you know daddy had cancer and the cancer um was in his leg so they tried to make him better by taking it away and like i said he's very black and white so he's just like oh okay okay but he asked some other he's definitely asked more questions this year and afterwards as well he's been very interested in what chris liked to do what he silly things that he did um and i can't answer a lot of them and i know i've i've had a conversation with one of my friends Jen and he's asked Jen questions about him and things that he would do so he's he's and at school I'd, I've spoke to his teacher at school as well and he's been asking much more questions and talk about and being more vocal about him and I don't know whether that's a realization of actually our family dynamic is different in the lead up he also asked if Chris would actually be at the anniversary um whether he would be there and be able to see him and I, I explained, I'm very open with them both and will explain as much as I can about anything, really, anything in life. So I explained that he would be there, like always. I tell the kids that Chris is always around, but that we wouldn't be able to see him and he wouldn't be able to see him, but Daddy would be able to see Sam. And like I said, his teacher has also said, he'd said it at school and he'd been, he's been a little upset at school. Um, so I, I think he's definitely been thinking about um, more things this year more than any other time I mean even since bonfire night he was like the bonfire the fireworks for daddy we're sending kisses up to daddy and then he was talking about shooting stars and actually I don't know where he got it from but there was a, a meteor shower that night and he would have been able to see a shooting star if it had been clear and he was up at midnight which he was not because it was a school night and he was like I'm gonna wish on a shooting star that my daddy can come back and I was like oh me and he just like Sometimes I don't know what to say because, yeah, we all want, we all want a wish on a, you know, we all want a wish on a star for daddy to come back. So I just said, oh, mate, we, that, we, that doesn't work. And he was like, you know, daddy can't come back. And he said, but mummy, if I wish on a star, it'll have to come back because my wish will have to come true because it's a shooting star and it's very special. And it's so hard to have to say, I'm sorry, mate, that's not, that's not true. We can wish that and everybody wishes it, but daddy can't come back from heaven when when you're in heaven you can't come back so I'm never gonna say don't ask these questions or shut him down or anything like that I just explain to him gently that it's not possible but we all wish that 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 it could happen and that that we keep daddy in our hearts and in our minds and I say that all the time daddy's alive in our hearts and minds and our memories and when we talk about him and he seems I mean He's not, he's obviously not all right with it. None of us are all right with it. He's obviously not all right with it, but he'll take, he accepts it. He accepts the explanation that I give. He knows I'm not trying to fob him off. He knows I'm not trying to like shut his questions down or anything like that. So yeah, I've noticed with much more with him this year that he's been much more, he's questioned everything a lot more. I said Sam was a bit upset at school, but both like both schools, both the kids' schools are at like primary school have dealt with Chris's illness with Lily and af- his death afterwards, and now dealing with Sam. They're absolutely amazing. I mean, I never, I don't want them to have any special treatment either of them. I don't expect them to have special treatment. I expect them to get on with the work. I expect them to be good. I don't expect them to be treated any differently. But I just want everyone. I just want there to be an awareness that they might be sensitive or they might be quiet and to know why that is. 
I don't expect them to be naughty and get away with it. Oh, God, no. I don't expect them to be rude and get away with it, but I expect just an awareness around things that have happened. I mean, Lily's form tutor emailed me at the beginning of the week, of the week of his anniversary, which I just, I thought was just so reassuring that she remembered a date and that Lily was aware that she had support in school and that all Lily's teachers know, because one of Lily's big things is she hates having to explain herself if she's feeling a bit... I don't know if she's not feeling the best. She hates having to explain. I don't. I don't. I feel a bit sad because because she she just can't talk about it very well. And just knowing that she had that support, she's gone from a primary school to a high school, and knowing that she's got support there if she needs to it, and there's some a form tutor is there if she needs a bit of time out. I, and I was just really, really reassured. Sam's teacher gave him some time to draw a picture for Daddy to bring home with him which again helped, he just had like five minutes out just drawing a picture for daddy and it was just all those little things, it's not even big things, all those little things just really make me feel reassured but also the kids, they know that they're looked after, they know that daddy's not been forgotten and that if they're feeling sad about daddy, that that, do you know what, that's okay, which is something I'm happy that the schools reinforce. It's one less thing, it's just one less thing to worry about when you know that both of them are supported in that way. As I mentioned a bit earlier, I actually don't mind the actual anniversary day. And I know it sounds it sounds a bit perverse, but because we plan to do something on the actual day, it's I actually quite enjoy it. It, it. it sounds awful saying that. Enjoy might be the wrong word, really. I don't I don't I don't know what the right word is, I'll be honest. I don't know what the right word is. Sometimes throughout the year I feel so lonely and alone. And like we're the only ones that are still affected by his loss. And I know we're not. We're not. <laughs> I know it's a stupid way to think. And But like I've said before, grief takes plays tricks with your mind and it makes you think things that aren't, it's not true, it's not a reality, but it, it, it tricks you into believing that it is. Everyone moves on with their lives, quite rightly. Of course they should be doing it. It's been two years, they should be moving not moving on they should be getting on with their lives they shouldn't be stuck we're not stuck really we carry this loss with us we're sad all the time but we're not stuck we still make plans for the future we still do things it doesn't stop us from enjoying ourselves or trying to enjoy ourselves or try to make more memories sometimes I feel like he's being forgotten and that we're the only ones left constantly remembering because we've got this big black hole in our lives, it's it's obvious to us, it's with us all the time, he's missing from everything that we do. I mean, I'm sad and I miss him every day. It's, his anniversary doesn't make me sadder. It, makes, it doesn't make my grief worse. It doesn't worsen anything. We're faced with it every day. It's missing from us every day. So on his actual anniversary, I'm reminded that people do remember, that they do they they miss him too as much as we miss him. I know they do all the time. It's I know deep, not even deep down. I know I just know that they do all the time, but some sometimes it's just not very obvious because we live with it and it's in our it's in our faces, if you like, for want of a better word or phrase, all the time. On his anniversary, it's in everyone's faces all the time. It's an obvious remembering. So I find the actual day really comforting and really, really nice that people would come and support us in that way. Saying that, the few days after 
I was absolutely exhausted. I was completely wiped out and the kids were too. It was getting towards the end of the term though. But like I said before, the pain across my back went almost immediately, which I know is, this is how I know it's related to the run up to the anniversary. I did feel like I was coming down with a cold, which luckily I think um, I've got away with. I've been drinking hot hot honey and lemon like it's going out of fashion and vitamin D and vitamin B12 and someone suggested some other vitamins that I need to go and grab because I felt like I was getting quite run down so I was just trying to claw that back and make sure that I don't get don't get ill this year. I know for now I just need to be kind to myself. I don't fare well very well in winter at all. Um and a week and a week or two after his anniversary last year, I just had this complete crash and it, I was just like wiped out by a tidal wave of grief and I just couldn't get out of it at all. It had, all up all up and over Christmas. I was just miserable and I just couldn't seem to shake it and I knew why I was miserable but I just could not, I just couldn't get out of it and part of me didn't want to, part of me was like no fuck this I don't want, I want to be miserable, I want to, I mean it's not healthy, it's not healthy to think like that to be honest. I bet he was up there going what the hell are you doing woman, get a, get a grip of yourself because <laughs> that's the type of thing that he'd have said I'm really aware that this might happen again and I just don't want it to happen again so I just need to watch out for signs in myself um, and try and prevent that from being as bad this year I'm not saying that I'm gonna like there might not be a crash there might still be a crash because those I can't control those sort of things but what I can do is to try and figure out so it's not as bad as it was last year. So I'm not. I'm just not miserable all through winter and Christmas like I was last year. It's not. It's not nice. It's just not nice. Not. Not good for me. Not good for the kids. And it's not good for anyone really. <laughs> it's like I'm not. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good daughter. I'm not a good. I'm not a good anything. So I'm trying for that not to happen this year. I mean, I can't prevent it. Can't prevent the waves of grief ever. But what I can do is continue learning how to live with them and how to cope with them when they arrive and what watch out for it with the kids as well I've noticed some things recently with the kids Lily's been quite anxious the last couple of weeks like I said Sam's asked a lot of questions so that helps me because by giving them coping mechanisms I mean me and Lily and I have started a gratitude journal for Lily but by doing that with her I've been able to like give my things a gratitude each day so I've asked her to find five things that make have made her happy each day um and she's like she she finds it dead difficult because it is dead difficult but I've been managing to find my five things which I think is really helping so although they don't know it they're helping me find a way to cope through it although sometimes I find it so overwhelming having to deal with everything but that that is a that's not for today that is for another episode And on that note, I think I may have rambled on for long enough now and I've kept you for far too long (laughs) already. But I I hope you've got a little feel of what we've been up to, what we did for Chris's anniversary and why we did it. There's There's no right or wrong when it comes to approaching these things. This works for us and it works for us for many reasons. And I know after the after his actual anniversary I knew that he would have loved it he'd have loved that day and I think that after the day if I know that Chris would have loved it I think it I think I've done it right so I just want to say thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for everyone who listened to episode one I was so overwhelmed by people's feedback it's always quite a nerve-wracking thing putting something like this out 
out there for people to listen to and to be constructive or criticise, although thankfully none of that just yet. But just thank you so much for everyone's support and everyone's feedback. It was wonderful and thank you so much for coming back and listening to this. I do hope you'll join me again for the next episode. I'm not sure what it'll be about yet, but in the lead up to Christmas it might be about what's going on there or if you've got any questions or anything you want me to talk about I'd love to hear from you or if there's something you'd like to ask about this or a subject you'd like me to cover please do get in touch you can find me on instagram on twitter at beeks which is at b-e-e-c-k-z any comments or anything like that any feedback I would love to hear from you I also have a blog which is diary of a f- currently diary of a fat bottom girl.com So there's some posts over there I wrote during Chris's treatment and after. Just want to say thank you to bensound.com for the use of any music you've heard in this episode. Again, thank you so much for listening and I do really hope that you will join me next time. See you then.